your trusted source for local breaking news and what to make of it all. It's Tracy Mack on Newcastle in the Morning. The music industry is uh, grieving today. Ken West, who was the founder of the iconic groundbreaking music festival, The Big Day Out, he died peacefully in his sleep yesterday. Ken was only 64 years of age. Uh, If you're not aware of Ken's name, well, you'd be aware of what he organised. He organised the first ever Big Day Out for January 1992. It was at Sydney's Horden Pavilion. It featured 21 bands headlined by the Violent Femmes and most famously it featured Nirvana at the peak of their Nevermind fame and it was part of their only ever Australian tour. For more than two decades the world's biggest touring music festival was the must-attend event of the Australian summer and as someone who was uh, a young person in 1992 it certainly was an iconic event. Joining me on the line now is somebody who knew Ken quite well. He was part of the big day out as a punter he did uh, tours whilst part of machine gun fellatio and then he covered it for another five years for music television it is my resident local who i go to when somebody dies someone famous (laughs) dies in the music industry good morning and welcome glenn dormant how are you Excellent, excellent. Well, I'm still floored. I've been on the phone all morning about this with you know people in the industry, and because you can't even describe to people how important the big day out and how game, what a game changer that festival was. I mean, you mentioned about Nirvana. When he booked Nirvana for not a very large amount of money, never mind hadn't broken. <laughs> so why they were here, it broke. Wow. So as a, as, like that's how. So he had the foresight to know they were great. They got here, then they were breaking. You'd never get them again for whatever he got them for. They weren't even the headline. You can imagine that. Like, like Violent Femmes were the headline, mm. as you mentioned. So to, to go as a punter and see some of those shows, and, you know, as dance music and things broke, they managed to have the boiler room as this dance stage, which was as rock and roll with things like The Prodigy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> God. As what was happening yeah. on the main stage. And, and that hadn't been done before. You know, they were dance events and there were rock and roll events but they managed to bring the two together in a in a great way and i was lucky enough to do those tours and you you have no idea like the level of decadence (laughs) that was on those tours because (laughs) when when you when you play in a band you know you have to advertise for show you have to get to that venue you have to set up all your gear there's millions of things that are involved but once you step inside that festival in auckland um, all your gear got moved to every city in front of you. You didn't see it. just turned up magically and appeared on stage. You didn't have to do any advertising. It was already sold out mm. by the time you got it on the bill. So all you did was turn up. And so when we did it, we'd never been to Auckland before, and we come out and there's 5,000 kids waiting for us. And we're going, holy crap. And yeah. I remember talking to Chris Cheney from The Living End. He said he'd never played Big Day Out, and the first show he did, I think, was Melbourne, and they played 40,000 people. So they were doing pub numbers. shows. Mm. <laughs> that, so, so what it did is that all these independent bands, uh, you know, like your Spider Baits and Regurgitator and all those bands that would become household names, were given the opportunity to play in front of big crowds, which that just didn't happen in Australia. 
you know it, it's there's so many great parts about but I, I did get to hang out with Ken and, and uh, a bit there was a, we were trying to tour a band together and um, he was so friendly and but so rock and roll like he was a really debauched guy so he could stand in a room with your, your Noel Gallagher's and your Chris Cornell's and all these sort of guys and he'd still be the most rock and roll person in the room which is <laughs> that's extraordinary yeah, and, it, and genuinely, like, he was, you know, he was a very debauched guy, but he had the vision um, that just kept on working, and he would just work with... Like, I remember talking to the Prodigy, I interviewed them one time, and they were pretty out there guys, and they said, no, nah, no, nah, you don't understand, Ken's the real deal. We just play at it. He's, <laughs> he's the real deal. Um, and, and as I said, all of them were the same, you know? Like, he managed to get Neil Young on the same festival as, you know, I, I, one time I talked to him, it was like crazy, it was like Muse, Neil Young, Lily Allen, The Prodigy, and all these hardcore dance acts, but they're all playing simultaneously across. I mean, when we played, we, we had to play in Sydney, and Foo Fighters were on main stage, Craftwork were playing in the boiler room, John Butler was on another stage, and we were playing on a different stage. And, like... All that could happen in one zone. And we had a crowd, unbelievably, because I, I would have been at any of the other shows. Yeah, it, it's just <laughs> incredible. Where did it come from? Where, where did, uh, you know, out of Ken's brain, where on earth did the big day out come from? Did, did you ever find that out from him, how, how, what his the, process mean, was? Well, it was him. See, there were two of them. There's Vivian Lees is the other guy who, who, who started the festival. And he had the kind of the ability to work with money. And Ken was the guy who engaged artists. So that they were a perfect team because Ken was completely off the chain and people were drawn to that. But then you had this other, the, the sort of the accountant side of things that could actually pull off all the other side, which is the really tricky part of making a fun event happen. Um, so the two of those together, they dreamed it up somewhere probably in the suburbs of, you know, Sydney, and then bring it to life. And it, it, I've talked to people like Ben Lee. Like, Ben Lee played at that first one, you know? And so you've got him talking about what it was like to be breaking in, as a tiny artist and seeing these people all around him. Like, he was, like, 14 or something when he played there. How much did the big day out change Australian music? I mean, you can't even put a... You cannot... It's, it's impossible to understand where we are without it ever having happened. And, and there were two things that happened simultaneously, is that, um, you know, like all the 80s were all you, you pub rock, you know, all the stuff that's still celebrated today, and then great music, but there was, a lot, there was a lot of independent bands that would never make it, but at the same time as the big day out was happening, Triple J went national. Mm. So all these little bands, people, as I mentioned, like Regurgitator and Spiderbait and Living End... And, all these you know, little all bands, yeah. Yeah, but they were mm. but they would have had stood a chance. They'd be mm. stuck in pubs forever. But they've suddenly got this touring festival that is only interested in getting you know, they're not looking like you know, people like Cold Chisel and the Angels and all those weren't playing the big day out. You know? This was looking for the coolest international bands mixed with the coolest local bands whacked together and giving them an audience, giving them a crowd. And because it was a brand that people trusted, you would turn up and you'd go and see an act you'd never seen before and have your mind blown. Um, and, and so I, I, you can't imagine Australia without it because a combination of those two things together was just like a, a wildfire. And so p kids would come from everywhere, you know? Well, the side shows were good too. You yeah, know, like you <laughs> I was just about to say that to you, the side shows. 
Yeah, like like I remember we did one with um, Garbage, um, which was incredible, and I ended up getting really drunk with Butch Vig, who produced Nevermind for Nirvana, and he was in Garbage, and we just talked about production techniques for two hours at a, um, a really super expensive um, late-night bar called The Supper Club in Melbourne. And I just I got to live this dream, and that was part of that big day out. You know, I was really heavily into recording at the time, so I had the best producer in the world answering my questions. And to, to do that and to just, you know, everywhere you went, there was just access to amazing people and you'd uh, there's a band called the music who i really had heard about at the start of the tour but didn't get a chance to see and as the tour grew they were an english band and as they grew more people would come and I, i went and saw them and i was literally standing there and it was me pj harvey dave grohl josh holmes and um somebody else just the Five of us standing there, side of stage, <laughs> wow. watching this band. So they're an unknown band at that yeah. time. Well, they still kind of are to a certain extent, but that was the that's how the festival worked. You'd hear something and you'd start to gather, and then you're just standing with this group of people who I have massive respect for, but they'd heard about this unknown act and you wanted to check it out. And, and they those guys slayed that day. I was so happy for them because you know, they had a pretty heavy... Um, side of stage contingent me not included i was gonna say no Uh, no pressure there no pressure no no but they just you know like people would just jump up with other people and you know it's just uh, anyway the 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 engine to all this was ken west and Mm. and you know it's sad that he's gone um he didn't treat his body very well but very few people can die with a legacy Mm. uh as, as powerful um as him and 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 really i put several of those there's several moments in my te- top ten moments of life that I can connect to those festivals. So. Really, that's that's big when you consider where you've been and what you've done. Yeah, and I have children. I've mm. got married. <laughs> <laughs> Things you, like that. I was going to say, have you told your wife, and, wife and your children that yet? <laughs> well, you know what? There was just some times where you just went, "Holy crap! What are we? How did we get here? How are we part of this?" You know, like it's, and it was such a privilege, and and also everybody brought their A game. You know, the pressure was on because you had to, um, you know, you, you, you knew what you were up against. You know, whoever was before you, like literally in, um, I was playing the Gold Coast one time on the first tour we did it, and the White Stripes were on before us. So we're in the tent next to Jack White backstage as they were starting to break. Mm. You know, you just had all these different people around you all the time, and you had to try your best. Otherwise, you know, you didn't stand a chance. How big a hole will he leave in the music industry? Well, but, you know, the festival hasn't happened for a while. I think that so many people in the industry have been holding out that it would come back. And I think that really those two guys, Ken and um, Vivian, were the only people who could pull it off. I know that Kadinsky, who I love and adored forever, they tried to do a version of that. There was something called Alternative Nation, Mm. and it failed miserably. There's something, you know, there's there's an alchemy to these things. And these guys really brought it. And, you know, when you can pull bands like the Foo Fighters and Muse and all these huge bands and and Neil Young, you know, people like that will come to you. You've got to have a certain um, stature and you've got to be able to pull it off and understand how these people work. So I don't think we'll ever see it again, um, especially with what's been happening over the last couple of years. I think people would be terrified to mount something. But as I said before, like... 
Everyone who I talked to um, probably did like 120 interviews um, in those years when I was on music television with big, big artists. And every single artist said, this is the big day off. It's badly named. Mm. It's summer. It's Australia. And you're in a moving festival where you can get drunk and hang out with your heroes. I mean, it's, it's pretty hard to not sell it. Yeah, it really is. Well, so we'll leave a gap. So, yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah very sad. But I, I love being able to talk about it because it's mm. um, so impactful for my life, yeah. Yeah, so. ab- absolutely. It's had a huge impact on your life. And, uh, yeah, it is very sad news. Uh, his, his name wasn't a household name, but uh, the Big Day Out w- was just an institution in, uh, in Australia, and uh, it's a very, very sad day today. Thanks so much for your time, Glenn. I really appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I've got no doubt you would have raised a glass uh, last night or this morning. Yeah, yeah. When I read it, I couldn't believe it. I was floored. It's terrifying. I'm, and I've become the, the dead guy phone call. You have. So you have. I'm sorry. Give me a call next time someone dies. <laughs> I, and, will. Uh, I will. We'll chat again. We'll chat again. Hopefully we might talk about one of your, uh, your productions before we have to talk to somebody yeah. dead again that'd be good uh, another film about dead guys oh, let's talk God. about it soon yeah okay. let's, let's go for it thanks mate Always have a great a weekend Thank you. you. Bye. Bye. That is Glenn Dormand, who uh, who was part of Machine Gun Fellatio for many years, toured uh, toured twice with the Big Day Out. He then covered it for five years on music television, and uh, yeah, it is a huge hole that has been left in the uh, the music and entertainment industry with the death of uh, of Ken West, and he really, really did change uh, music here in Australia. You always Tracy Mack on Newcastle Live. Newcastle in the morning covers the big stories that matter the most to you. The local issues often neglected. Tracy Mack's plain talking, no-nonsense approach will get your morning off right. Talking news, sport, entertainment, music, lifestyle and more. Joined by Michael Blacksland and covering what you need to know and even some of the stuff you didn't. It's Tracy Mack with Newcastle in the morning. Weekdays from 9 to midday, only on Newcastle Live.